Welcome to Best Boys, a film podcast, an amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buffest buffs, and the cringiest bingers. I'm your host, JP, and I'm joined by my brother, professional Hollywood videographer. Corey, with a story, and welcome back, everybody, to a, a nice, uh, I, I guess, horror, yeah, horror-filled episode. Yeah, a little spooky in July, you know, who needs Christmas this time of year? Everyone just wants the spooks. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Except for like, yeah, these are not really conventional spooky movies in any way. Yeah. Uh, one is definitely scary if you, in terms of, you know, the black experience in America. And the other one is, I don't know what to fucking think about it. Um, I still don't know how I feel about one of these films. Um, and, uh, we're going to get to it today. So we're doing Jordan Peele, if you didn't figure that out. And, uh, he's kind of become the hot, one of the hot names in horror in the last, what I want to say five years. Um, what year was Get Out? Get Out was 2017. Yeah. So, well, yeah, exactly. The last five years. I think a lot of people put him up with the trifecta uh, the new horror trifecta of Robert Eggers, Ari Oster, and now, you know, obviously Jordan Peele. Um, do you think that that is a, f- a fair thing? Or do you think uh, that that, that he, that like they don't really go together or one of them doesn't belong or, or anything like that? I think that Jordan Peele has his own definitive voice and style. Yeah. But they all, but all three say- of them do. Yeah. So they all, they all do, uh, like their own thing. And none of them feel like movies that would be in the same, like even like kind of genre wise, but just like, it's like definitely they're in a conversation together, but I don't know if they're necessarily doing. It's like indie horror. Right. Yeah. It's definitely, they're definitely indie horror. I mean, I wouldn't call Nope indie. No, but I think it's got its roots in the style, Mm -hmm. the style. Um, And like get out was get out was a Blumhouse film. Um, and I, I don't remember if us was or not, but it definitely had at all. And like, you know, the Northman wasn't a indie film, but, um, mm. it definitely all has its roots out of that. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's easy for people to kind of like talk about a wave of like, Oh, there's a bunch of creative horror things happening. And there's a wave of, of filmmakers. Um, and these kind of three are the biggest, they're probably the most popular, um, I would honestly at this point say that Jordan Peele is the most popular, followed by Ari Oster, then Robert Eggers. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool though. I think it is cool that there that there are people that are you know being creative and flipping tropes on their head and stuff like that. I think you know whatever I'm gonna say about Nope, um, that is definitely a, a, a definitely a, a thing about that movie. Um, yeah, do you have anything? The, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say the uh, yeah the thing that's about Jordan Peele uh, compared to the others is is the I guess like the mainstream notoriety and appeal from having the Key and Peele background and stuff. Whereas like, I was reading the other day and a lot of people kept comparing not his they weren't comparing talents uh, in movies between Christopher Nolan and him, but just a when you hear that name you know you you're gonna see it and you're most likely gonna be at least an interesting film. Um, it'll like you're just the name alone is will put butts auteur. in the seats. I mean, They're definitely yeah. auteurs. Um, uh, yeah, ri- written, directed, produced. 
um, mm. all, all together. There's definitely a singular vision um, and singular voice kind of happening here. Um, uh, mm. Jordan Peele, obviously, comedy is a is a vital element of his style. All three of the mo- of his films uh, have comedy in them. Um, and also, yeah, because his background of Key and Peele, and I- I've known him first from Mad TV. Um, yeah, yeah. The reruns used to play on Comedy Central, and I was, and I've known who he was for a very, very long time. So it's kind of wild. I know a lot of people say it, but it is kind of wild that now he's is an auteur, like you know, very mm. groundbreaking filmmaker. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm very interested to see what he continues to do. And let's talk about what he's currently done with his latest outing in 2022's Nope, starring starring uh, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Yoon, Keith David, and Michael Wincott. Uh, what do you think about Nope? Just throwing it out there. The big, uh, qu- the big question. I... Of, I, so I only ever saw the initial trailer, and that's all I really went in on. Uh, didn't I refused to see reviews or refused to see anyone talking about it? Didn't want to know anything about it because I, I honestly this trailer sold me on on a, you know pretty pretty interesting film. The way he does his filmmaking is uh, I love how he like slowly reveals his things and stuff. But man, I walked out of there initially disappointed and uh, and just not really sure if I liked it or not. And but as like the the days passed, it grew on me a little bit more. Um, there's a lot of uh, as as his other two previous films. There's a lot of themes working at play, and um, some have you know they're they're just there as an to be an indirect link to the main story. But uh, I just kind of felt like I think it, I just felt like it didn't build up in anything as climactic as I thought it would or should. Even though like you get this big kaiju monster at the end, but like it just feels like it lost some weight as all that was happening. Um, but I don't know. I'm hoping I'll have a better understanding after we talk about it. Uh, not That's understanding, what I feel like opinion. I'm waiting for. This is one of the few times where I've come to the show and not fully certain of how I feel about the film. Um, I honestly, it, I agree with what you, the one thing that I can pull out of it is I agree that I felt like the movie was building up to something and I ultimately d- decided that it was not satisfying. Uh, I did yeah. not feel satisfied with how the film ended up. And there was a lot I liked about the movie, a lot I loved about the movie, a lot that was funny, a lot that was cool and interesting. And and like I said, he he's really really smart. Like he knows movies, he knows films, he knows like not even just that, like pop culture. Like he knows storytelling uh, mechanisms and tropes. He's probably been in writers' rooms for decades before, you know, before he was making get out. Um, you can see that he knows that and he plays with expectations. He plays with tropes. Um, he has really in this film, I think gone the furthest in terms of, uh, style, um, and visual style in terms of like, I don't know, is jump cut the word or when the, the cuts to black, that happen throughout the film and and they happen at increasing speed towards the end of the movie. Um, I don't know what you call that technique, but man, he's trying something with that. I don't know if I liked it or not, but there was style like the, the chapter, the choice to have the animals, uh, as names of these chapters, 
um, and, and things like that. Um, the use of the flashbacks and like the this is storytelling. The way he's telling the story, um, it's all interesting and you know. Uh, but I don't know if this at its core. I really liked what was going on. I liked so many things. I like so many scenes. I like so many performances. Yeah. I like yeah. Kiki Palmer fucking kills it. Kiki Palmer is going to be a star in my, uh, like, I think she's got, got it. Um, but, um, and there's like just the cinematography is beautiful. I heard that they got the guy who did Dunkirk, uh, for this. And, um, it's fantastic cinematography, a little bit, um, on its nose about with the having a DP character in the movie who's supposed to be like the best DP ever and he's trying to get the perfect shot. Like it definitely seems like self-referential with that. I don't know I don't know how I feel about that. There's so many things I don't know how I feel about its narrative inclusion in the story. Um, the story is kind of loose. Like, even though it plays out very literally in the film, like, if you think about the beats, they kind of feel loose. They kind of feel a little wide open. Uh, If something needs to happen and it's ridiculous, it happens, but it's not, like, consistent. The one thing that stands out to me is the TMZ motorcyclist, uh, which we don't even know if he worked for TMZ. All he would say was, I need my camera. I need my camera, my camera. (laughs) And Kiki Palmer says he's from TMZ, and then he dies, and that's that's that. Don't understand. Like, that was for some kind of message about things. There's a whole lot of metaphor in this movie. A whole lot of layers in this movie. Things, yeah, spectacle is one of the big ones. Um, Riss, my partner who I saw it with, um, that was the one thing she kept talking about. And there, but there's also, you know, metaphors for lots of different things, you know, the black experience and, um, uh, and, you know, uh, other things, uh, you know, UFOs and, uh, um, animal exploitation, animal exploitation um, whatnot, things like that. There's so many, uh, and like celebrity culture and, um, nostalgia, like nostalgia for the eighties. I feel like Steven Yoon's character is supposed to be, um, the actor from the Goonies. Who's also in everything all at once. Like he's like yeah. the grown up version of, uh, God, I, yeah, I forget his name. Um, I know too, but, when... but, uh, but yeah, I feel like he's playing, he's like that. Like I'm the grown up version of this a- beloved child, Asian child actor. Maybe I'm only thinking that because of the, the link there, but I, I don't know. It was the fact that he said he's on like the sitcom and he was in this movie. Did you notice that the movie he was in, Kid Sheriff, the, uh, the poster was styled just like Holes? Yeah, yeah. Because the font was Holes. They're looking into a well and it looks just like Shia LaBeouf looking into the Holes hole. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I laughed so hard. There's so many things like that. Uh Ki Hua Kwan um is the name of the actor I was thinking of. Um but he it's something I, I like I don't know how I feel about the Gordy thing, the Gordy storyline. And it's supposed to like the about animals and how animals act and like what can set an animal off and don't look into their eye and don't flash a camera at them. And like, cause you could just set something off and we're all animals and, um, there's things going on with that. Um, and, but also like Steven Yoon has this trauma. Um, and he obviously is very traumatized by it, but then he's learned to like commodify his trauma 
Uh, like he's making a living off of being a kid who watched a mon- uh, a monkey murder people on live television, like in one of the actors, you know, or whatever. Like, uh, I don't, it's it's all interesting, and and God. So I'm gonna pass it back to you because it's just, like I, every time I talk about this movie, it ends up in a ramble. Um, but I felt like the first half of this movie, I was I was down just down because I, there was a lot of mystery. I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know like, what are all these pieces adding up to? And my brain was starting to work and try to figure it out. And then once everything was filled in and I was left with a 45 minute action set piece, I just like, I just don't, I don't know if it worked. I don't know if I like it. What do you, what what do you think? Yeah. I, I'm in a similar boat. The, uh, I I feel like this movie is like it it is it's leans on its awesome aesthetic and cinematography and I feel like that's what props it up because like the way it's shot and the way the scenes like I personally enjoy that the way the the, the structure of the film I I don't mind the Gordy stuff I like that it ties into like Steve Yoon's character It's a lot of time it's just uh, a lot of time like I like that he essentially watched you know what what uh you know pushing an animal too hard and then it snaps and then he just does the same thing once he figures out the UFO is a, is a creature and is just, is just using it for spectacle uh, and like not learning from those mistakes of, of, of uh, as being a kid. I found yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, and, but, uh, but where it starts to fall apart is it's like, it's, it's all this cool stuff and it does have layers, but I feel like the layers are, are of all the, of uh, this being his third movie, ha- like the, the weakest amount of substance through it. And, uh, and it ultimately just builds up into just a, a fairly anticlimactic scene because it's broken up with all, it, it doesn't have a time to really peak because it keeps being brought down by all these like, so- like softer moments in the thing. Um, like in that last thing where like, uh, you know, like the alien is just standing in between the two and they're just shouting at each other from across this, the room or from across the, not the room, but the, the outside thing. Oh my and God. Well, and like that was a recurring motif of the whole movie is the whole shouting yeah. across, shouting across fields. There's yeah. so many reoccurring things like, like themes like that. But like, did you notice that the sound design mm. of the movie where there was like constantly someone shouting out of a window at another person, yeah. like a like hundred yards away. Um, and then the end, that's like a thing. It's like a thing in the end. Um, we kind of had issues with sound, the sound design with like how things were like really, really loud and like the monster noise, just like it, it would get you, you know, it was interesting at first, but then like, it would just keep it was just sucking everything up and it was just constant noise. It was like a cacophony. Um, where it just lost all effect and it was just loud. And I'm like, this is too loud. I don't know, maybe it was the theater I was in, but it felt like there were moments where like this audio just feels too loud. Yeah, I the theater we saw it in, I really regret. I wish we would have saw it in like the Dolby Room or IMAX. I, I, the movie shot on IMAX, in IMAX, which I didn't know going in. And uh, I feel like I would have wanted to see it in IMAX or at the very least one of the Dolby Room things for the audio. Because our place, just one of the speakers was just shitty and had this like weird delay reverb on on some of the stuff. So especially when there was dialogue, it just like didn't sound great. Um, and so I can't give a, a true opinion on it because of that. But um, but yeah, I mean the ending does just have a lot of noise. It's just a lot of uh, but it's like a, a lot of noise. But it's just like you're waiting for. I'm not saying like it needed to have like a Independence Day style ending or anything like that. But it's just like 
I it it just seems so anticlimactic, even though it's this big kaiju monster. Like you think that you would just be on edge, like holy fuck, this is crazy. But it's just it's still I don't know if it's just because the way it's shot or what. It just uh, you know just a, a balloon saves the day feels. Uh, but it also kind of I guess feels kind of eighties in that fact of just having a, a something more kid ish being like the solution to a major problem. Uh, this um, this uh, movie definitely uh, reminds me of like a, if everything everywhere all at once is the like modern version of a Spielberg adventure movie, you know, like a I don't mm-hmm. know, like a Indiana Jones, Star Wars, E. E. T. kind of thing. This is definitely reminds me of like Signs and Tremors and like mm-hmm. sci-fi horror, but it's really just a fun adventure movie, it, it, like draped yeah. in those elements. Um, like that's definitely with it, it feels like the modern version of that because it has the humor and the mm-hmm. um, I don't know the humor. <laughs> um, how did you feel about the character, um, the fries character? One, glad you took me to fries because uh, because I got to you know fries is in the movie and I'm like hey I was there before I've been there before yeah right it's, yeah. It's, it, you know the sad thing is all the fries went went out of business. Uh, wild. So, like, it's weird that fries went out of business since this movie was made. Yeah, it's terrible. I guess fries is way better than Best Buy and all those shits. They had everything. It's a shame. It's a it's a tra- national travesty. Yeah, I wish we had one of them out here. Um, but, but yeah, I and- I didn't like that character at first. Oh I, yeah. As time went on, he he was funny enough that I liked him, but he just felt like a knockoff Dave Franco. Um, and just, you know, was there for jokes and for like, he just, his character is kind of forced into the story to be That's part of the, at first I'm like, you're straight up obviously being forced into this gang and you don't need to be. Um, and you're like, why are you even so in- obsessed and interested? Like with what they're doing? Like, this isn't even, yeah. doesn't even like feel like natural or I don't know. It didn't feel, it felt very forced his character. And yeah. And even the way that the character's written, just like how, like it is just, there's, it's not even like, it's not even written in a way that's like, I would say clever or subtle of him being part of the group. It's just straight up like plot. This guy's going to be here so we can advance the plot. And they ultimately, uh, does fuck all at the end because he after the the dumbest thing in this movie i was really jordan peele's great about avoiding avoiding horror logic but when the dp after they have all they need is just like i'm gonna get the impossible shot takes the camera with him and then which ends up luring the fucking thing over to where they have the other camera i didn't didn't understand we didn't we literally didn't understand what he was trying to do like was he trying know, to I, get a shot from like super like die? He was sacrificing himself for the perfect shot, but like the camera would just fall out and break. So that yeah, doesn't and make it's sense. not a digital camera, so it's not like they can get the memory card off of it. If that film gets exposed to light, it's yeah, all it's ruined. fucked. Yeah, it's, it is so so dumb. I didn't understand. I literally, uh, it, it was just something for the plot so that they could have the the picture with the tunnel thing be the ending. Uh, or not the tunnel, the the well, the the, the picture. Coming yeah, out of the well. stupid, stupid. Yeah, really dumb. Like well, and I thought they got it on the different camera, and he took a different, another camera. Like, what happened yeah. to the? Then they get it on film the first time. Yeah. And then he's so like, Angel, Angel starts cranking after the other guy leaves, and then the after 
DP gets sucked up and dies and then falls and dies or whatever. Oh, it's uh, Bray. He breaks sucks, the other yeah. one. Yeah, he sucks. The alien sucks up Angel uh, in that whole base camp, but Angel only gets halfway uh, sucked and falls down. And then he wraps himself in barbed wire. And I'm like, okay, I'm into that. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I thought that was going to be something and it didn't yeah. be anything. Yeah, it was just a, a, a fucking fake out because yeah. i would be like all right that that because they already showed that akira shot of all the people being inside the monster about to get squished and uh which i thought was a great oh, yeah uh, the how many akira shots were in this movie with the the motorcycle slide was the most obvious one. Oh yeah yeah the uh I, I I don't know why I'm so used to that just being a trope in a lot of things like, everything's even... used it but this is one that's the... done it so on the nose um it was like wink akira slide yeah. Um. Uh, that is funny though. You mentioned the Akira in the monster because I didn't think about that, but it is definitely what it was like. I um, honestly, get... I'm let I'm let down that they didn't do the full squish with the blood taking up yeah. the whole screen. I yeah. wish I wish they could have. Um, like you don't um, have to come back to it and overuse it, but just do that once to show the impact. It gives way more weight to all the people that put up there rather than just slow dying and digesting. They're just like you're seeing their last moments and being crushed. It would be so much more like impactful i think um yeah there was uh, there's a lot of moments i liked i remember when i there were just like things i didn't understand i feel like there were leaps in the plot that like it took me a minute to catch up with so i didn't understand that the decoy was that that kiki palmer stole was from uh, Steven from Jupiter's claim. So then the yeah. children came dressed as aliens and I did not understand why, like, why did they do that? Um, and like apparently to steal the decoy back, but those children could have never have carried the decoy. And like, I didn't understand like are Steven Yoon and, uh, you know, Daniel Kil- in Hayward horses. Like, are they friends? Are they business, like good business partners? Are they bad business partners do they not like each other i didn't get anything out of any of that i just they had this weird back and forth over the decoy uh mm. you know the the stat horse statue and all that yeah i think it was uh, i think it's like how it was with the film stuff in the beginning where uh, the relationship was built with with keith david's character the dad um and then with their uh with the farm, the hey, like they're they're losing bleeding money on the farm, so they're selling horses to Steve, and then Steve's just using the horses as food. Uh, I think that's just like they're. I think Steven's character understands that they're on hard times or whatever, and it was just taking it up as a uh, like the whatever. But the kids being involved with the alien thing, yeah, I don't know why for there was something or throwaway where the kids got picked up or something, or like there was like a car driving away. But I, I think I, I just have that in my head. Um. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I, I, don't I like. Know. I appreciated the fake out of the kid aliens. I like. I got scared. Yeah, grabbed I my hand. That. She was like, "Oh my god, we're gonna. This is this is our signs moment." Yeah, and, that's what uh, I thought. It was here. Come in. There was a fake out, which I appreciated. But, but yeah, like, that did, one I liked. Oh, there was like, but it was weird because around that point there was like three jump scares in a row, and then there was like no jump scares for the rest of the movie. Mm. Like the the yeah, the fries coworker appeared behind mm. Angel the alien thing. And then there was one other one, I think around that point. Um, cause I guess you're trying to spice up the first half of the movie. Cause it's a lot of setup. 
Um, Riss actually straight up said she thought the first half of the movie was boring. I thought that the first half of the really? movie was the only part that was not not only part that was interesting, but it was the more interesting part because of, like I said, I was trying to figure out where it's going and I had no idea where this movie was going. Yeah. No idea. And that's what got me through for a really long time. And then once, like I said, the uh, like near hour action set piece um, goes on and I am just checked out by the end of it. Um, I mean, like yeah. maybe it's because it took so long. There was like so much setup to get to this point, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought that it was the action set piece could have been. Uh, I thought the whole movie as a whole could have been two hours flat, and it would have it would be just a ton smoother. Um, That's what th- ten minutes off. I, I think so. I think you could probably could take fifteen minutes off. Uh. At between least 10, like five, sure. 10 off the, the second half and five off the first half. Um, and I think this movie would be much better. I think it would be, I, it would pace so much better. And it would, um, and there's just so many like long lingering things um, for it being such a like snappy movie. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So as you were talking, uh, I had me thinking about uh, just kind of like why I am so disappointed in the in the that action sequence, and uh, and I feel like it's just because none of the, our main characters are ever put in any really cr- like close near death danger. Like the closest is when uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya's uh, character is uh, with the TMZ guy. But he, you know, he's he's it's pretty quickly revealed that he's just out or whatever, and like you assume that he gets eaten by the monster whenever Kiki Palmer run, like, drives away to go over to Jupiter's claim. But there's no, like, like nobody got hurt other than Angel got partially sucked up in the DP, but nobody gives a shit about the DP Yeah, the D- I feel like the DP was himself. literally brought in to be sacrificed. I was like, they, yeah, were, they he, he was brought in to be killed. Uh, yeah, it's completely wasted. He kills himself, essentially, which makes it even more, like, yeah, I don't Apollo know. Yeah, Apollo and... Sh- sh- yeah, uh, yeah and, uh, and I think that if you have, like a real stake of just like somebody actually getting close to death or actually injured or whatever. It doesn't have to actually die, but just put more like it. Like if let's say if Daniel's character got sucked up into the monster, but he figured out a way to get out and somehow like, like maybe the, uh, uh, the parachute feather thing and him and the horse got sucked up into the monster. He finds a way to stab it and spits them out with the parachute thing. And he like floats down or something just like create some sort of like, like, Oh my God, he really is dead rather than just have, appear into the smoke and then he reappears in the last shot of the movie um and i think without having something like high intensity to actually put the stakes on the table uh it it doesn't feel like there's any like real stakes um like at no point do i feel like either of the main characters were gonna die um and angel yeah yeah there uh yeah and i didn't i don't know i steven yoon died he died, but the main two characters is Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya. And they're, yeah, they're... I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, like I'm... It... I honestly, I feel a lot about this movie that I feel like about the Batman, where I liked a lot about it, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I think that it... it I don't know if it really worked. Um, yeah. Or if, or if, like, it was... For the Batman, it was because it was too long. Just too fucking long. Way too fucking long. This, I think, is too long, but I think that there's some narrative. Yeah, time alone can't save this. 
Yes. I think it would be smooth, more streamlined and smoother. Um, cause he, like, I feel like, I guess the action thing is what everybody's waiting for, but it's like once there wasn't anything more to reveal, there was nothing left to reveal. And I think that's, I don't know. I don't know. It just wasn't satisfying. Um, I didn't hate this movie. I don't dislike this movie. Um, I feel like I was talking myself into giving it a higher score before, and now I've talked myself into giving it, to bringing it back to where I was. Um, but I think I'm ready to score it. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, I think that, no, I think that's all I got really. It's, uh, it is really good. I agree with you. I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. Uh, I don't think it's really good. I think it might. No, I think it's just, yeah. All right to good. Yeah. Somewhere in that. It's not bad and it's not great. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I kept saying. Um, At the wedding last night, I just kept saying people asked me how what I thought about it, and I was like, "Well, it's not a bad movie, but I, it's not great. It's you know, it's it's good. You like some people like it but more than others. I could see people. I don't know. I've seen some reviews like people just fucking loving it. This is my favorite Jordan Peele film. Blah blah blah. I'm like this is. I don't even. I thought I liked it more than Us, but now I'm starting to think I like Us more. Did you see? Oh, a, I like I liked Us way more than this. I wow, wow. Because I think Us I, is. I think Us. I think the gap. This is going to be a reveal, but I think the gap between Get Out and Us is pretty big. Um, like I liked Us, but I think that Get Out is just so much better. So Get Out is a damn near perfect film. The uh, it is, and uh, Us is just good. This, I think, maybe is not as good as us. I think it's trying to be... Uh, so here is the thing with Jordan Peele. Is he's very he's a very conceptual film, filmmaker. He comes up with a concept, and he tries to execute that to, like the, to, you know, to the, the furthest degree. And it's concepts that might not traditionally, you'd think, would work well you know, on, on a screen, on the screen or something like that. So with us, uh, I just think about this fantastical concept of the mirror world and the, and, uh, you know, there's a whole lore and world going on. It's a very huge concept. This is not quite as big, but still very big. Um, get out is a big concept, but it fits in a smaller, a smaller movie. And that's why it works. It's like Get Out is my favorite because it's so minimal, and uh, and but it has so much depth for how how you know with what it has. Whereas they us is very big, big concept, bigger movie, and I think maybe that's why it doesn't hit quite the same. This is a big movie, but it's also trying to be quieter. It's trying to be like. Like, I don't know. It's not like, there's not like us where this like mass chaos act pandemonium, you know, end of the world Mm -hmm. shit. Like it's very small. It's just this handful of characters. It's just, you know, the, the ranch and Jupiter's claim and, and they're going back and forth between the two. Um, it's It's scope is smaller, but the idea of the alien and the, and, uh, you know, the film stuff, there's a common, there's so much commentary on Hollywood and film mm-hmm. history. Um, and the mon, Riss brought up that the monster, like square mouth thing is like reminiscent of an old camera, um, which mm-hmm. I didn't think about. Um, I don't know. There's, there's things going on, uh, for sure. Uh, I don't understand why the monster went from flying saucer to a big vagina Rorschach thing. Uh, <laughs> I thought it looked like the penis alien from uh, Angel from uh, 
like episode two of Evangelion. I thought it looked like a uterus, um, like a cutaway of the women's reproductive system. Um, so I'm yeah, I don't uh. I don't I, yeah, I don't know why it changed. I don't know what made it change. I don't know why it changed. I don't know any I of that. Took, I took it as it finally had eaten enough to like go to its next form, but then it goes back into its saucer mode for a little bit. Uh, and no, it makes no sense. Back. Yeah, I didn't understand that. But I was going to ask you, what? Did, how did you feel about the twist of it being uh like your Sh- your Shyamalan twist of instead of it being a spacecraft it is the monster like it is the you alien. figure it out pretty early um and uh i liked it i, 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 I it no cool. i liked it i thought it was cool i thought it was a cool thing i just wondered how far they could go with it and they're just really leaning into the animal what do animals do what affects animals animal how they're being cruel to animals blah blah, blah. um yeah I wasn't crazy about the if you don't look at it, it won't suck you up like T Rex style. Yeah, it reminded me of the the weeping angels from Doctor Who. If you don't look at them, if you look at them, they can't move. But you look away, they they move like booze from Mario. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. know. I I'm just giving this movie a three. Okay, that's I'm at three and a half. We're I was at three and a half, and I like this movie better than the Batman, but I think it's the same caliber of of film where it's some people are going to think it's really good some people might not like it um i think it's just all right it's just all it's all right it's a good film yeah um i think that's fair yeah i think that's fair the uh it's it's just i like i i have only seen us once and it was in theaters so i i'm just going off of memory but i've only seen us once as it stands though I had no problems with us other than like the M like the ending getting a little bit uh, weird with the whole, you know, it's like, how does everybody have matching suits, scissors, all that stuff. Uh, I think it's a little convoluted and some of it. Yeah. Some of it doesn't make sense when you think about it too far, but but I love the concept and I love the, uh, the, the visual of it. It, 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 It had so much more going on and to think about and to keep you moving at least. Whereas this, it's so not slow in a bad way, but there's not a lot, a lot to, to go deep in and think about. So you're just kind of like picking it apart a lot more uh, easily. I think. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe you're like sitting with, with it um, yeah. a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. It's all right though. Um, you I probably, like I said, you're probably going to see some people nut over this like they did the Batman. Um, but, and you might see some people hate it, but it's all right. But let's talk about a good movie. Great movie. Let's talk about Get Out. Um, 2017's Get Out, starring Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, um, Catherine Keener. I don't have the full list in front of me. The guy from Adam, from uh, the bad guy from Billy Madison, Bradley Whitford, Caleb yeah, Landry okay. Jones, and Allison Williams. Oh, and Lil Ray Howery as Rod Williams. That's pretty much the entire cast. Oh, yeah, Steven Root's in this, too. Um, The guy from Dodgeball. I always know him as the guy yeah, from Dodgeball, yeah. but he's in and a million Austin. things. He's a character actor. That's He plays all kinds of shit. He's the man in the high castle. He's Milton in Office Space. He is Milton in Office Space. He looks so different as Milton. 
Yeah, right. Um, and I always forget that that's him, though. Then, uh, but that's always what I th- once I've recognized the guy. That's always who I think of first before, and then dodgeball. Yeah, for some I go dodgeball man in the high castle. Um, but uh, yeah, this movie is I like I. There's something I've talked to you about this. I think privately, I've probably talked about this on the podcast before. But there is like that sweet spot where an er uh, in an early filmmaker's career. And they're usually doing a horror movie because of budget reasons. And they just like force some creativity into the genre and it just flips it on its head. Oh, it's, we started off talking about, you know, Ari Oster and Robert Eggers and they've absolutely did this exact same thing. Um, and you know, they do a lot with a little in terms of a budget. Um, and, uh, but it's, it just, it resonates so far and it'd be still like they're still up there with their best stuff. You know what I mean? Like they get bigger budgets and it somehow doesn't capture what this does. Um, and this budget is four and a half million dollars, uh, for get out. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. There's something really, I like indie horror because of that. There's like, people are able to just make, to do extraordinary things when they are put under creative constraints um, and pressures. And then and horror is just a, a, a very simple genre, um, like it has simple formulas that are really easy to tweak and kind of, you know, rearrange the parts or, you know, do things mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Rewatching it. So I think I've only, I thought I'd seen this twice, but thinking about it when I was rewatching this, I've only seen it once. Uh, it wasn't in theaters. It was at home. But uh, the second time watching this, though, uh, it really you really now that you know what's happening and everything, you really can just kind of like dissect it a little bit more. And uh, it's it's I liked it it a lot better this time. Yes, me too. Loved it so much more this time between like no all of the tells that are so blatant, but you didn't catch them the first time because you didn't know the ending uh, is 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 incredible. Um, But uh, to what you were saying is uh, I. For me, what really does it is um, something that well, uh, that those other directors can't do, but Jordan can is just giving this fresh perspective into something, a concept that I'm sure everyone has made a joke about at some point, but taking it real, but and actually taking the tones and the implications and all that seriously, um, and just it's, adding into this true, genuine horror thing that is something that you and I might not be able to relate to as as much, but. Uh, hits home with with the uh, uh, with that audience, mm-hmm. and I just uh, it just done so well. But it's even joked about within the film and stuff like that. Like where you have uh, uh, like when when Daniel Clue's character, also starring in this, by the way, uh, is uh, talking to Georgina, or, or he has that weird interaction with Georgina, uh, and uh, and then he's talking to Rose about it, and he's uh, just. When uh, she's like, "What do you mean?" or whatever, it's like you know, it's a thing. Like she might not be all right with us being like like um, black women who get upset when when black guys date white women and stuff like that. But it's like made it in a like a joke manner, but it's also added into a, le- a level of like the oddness, the the seriousness with all the uh, like the uneasiness in the house and the whole situation. All these things that could be just kind of like a a you know, you're just making a joke about or, or poking around about or whatever, but it adds this actual layer of fear into the experience for his character. Um, and it's just taken uh, so much more serious. And it's, it's just so well done. It's so well done. Um, and even it, 
I don't know. I just, it's so good. I sorry. I'll, I'll I'll kick it back, but I just can't. I, I smile on my face so much in this movie. Just how well crafted or like execution is of this film. Yeah. Um. It, I think that. I mean, it's already something that is a tense and awkward thing. Is like meeting uh, a partner's parents for the first time, um, mm. especially if they are. You know, maybe if they're uh, from an, a different economic class than you, I know that that can be really weird feeling. Um, and like there can be strange things said that are, you know, that, you know, because there are people that are out of touch with where you are from and maybe they think they are. But this being, you know, an African American on top of that um, adds an entire another layer because, you know, there is fear. Like there is what you do can be interpreted. Uh, uh, badly because of stereotypes and assumptions and and discrimination and like the interact they set it up with the interaction with the police officer towards the beginning of the movie um, and then they kind of it kind of like that's where it starts and like an an, an innocuous uh, you know you hit a deer that's something for me or you pretty routine thing um, you know we call our insurance uh, we you know if we can drive away that's that's great that's about it we can drive away and that's that but you know thinking about it as a uh, african-american that police officer could decide then to search your car um, or you know search you give you a hard time you know make you do a sobriety test try to find a way to um, you know uh, think that you assume that you are a criminal and and try to force it upon you um and uh and it kind of subverts it and we get through that and but then we find out that you know she see and it's also a way for the care allison williams character to seem like she's down you know she is cool and she's hip and she's progressive mm-hmm. she's not gonna let any cops talk shit to my, you know talk shit to my man i think is what she says yeah. um uh, but in actuality, you know, like her p- family is even worse. It's like on a whole another level, um, or it's just another s- element of the same exact thing. Um, I think that that I don't know. It's really really done well how it sets up the themes and how you're already primed for it. And then once you get there, and they're just like, oh, you know, I would have voted for Obama a third term or like things like that. And and it's. I think it is this movie illustrates so well a type of racism that I think a lot of people are still in denial of. It is like the neoliberal, like they vote Democrat. They are liberals. They're not racist, but you know, they may say they still don't understand. They still don't get it. They still, you know, they might look at another culture as, um, you know, like a science project or like, you know, like a, mm. something to learn about and study and observe and not something to, in, to, uh, you know, think is as equal as my culture. You know, yeah. I'm observing and interested in you as, as a superior. And I mm. think that that is just, you know, bad, bad faith. Um, you know, you're having, uh, you're treating somebody you're tr- different, you know, regardless if you think yeah. it is positive or not. Um, yeah, it's like uh, when you're not, if you're not automatically yourself, how you normally would be around anybody around this, like a, a certain type of culture, then that's, there's just your, that's your first red flag. And with this, with the, where Rose and the mom are just like, I don't know why he's acting so weird. He's never acted like this. And it's because he's having, um, having his uncomfortable trying to relate or whatever to this thing. And then he makes lines about going all over the world and taking trophies home and stuff, as if, you know, which just implies more that he's one of those kind of like, he would be one of those kind of people that would go to Africa as a tourist rather than 
like looking at it from like the proper like uh perspective uh which is not uh you know okay it's not it's not a good thing it's more of like that uh it's cool to me so i i, I get into it rather than uh actually appreciating and, and uh you know being a part of something a lot of the show uh atlanta deals with these themes um i'm not sure if you've ever seen uh I've seen, seen season it. one uh, I think it's more so in the la- the latter two seasons, um, but it's definitely a thing um, where like you go somewhere that, because um, like, you know uh, Van the character Van uh, Donald Glover's partner Zazie Beetz character, she's uh, you know she's a mixed race and she's still in in touch not in touch but like in contact with her you know white family and her her white ethnic heritage. I think she's German. Um, and then they, they go to things where they're just really, really awkward. Um, like it's like they're observing white culture, but also the white culture is like, doesn't know how to handle them, um, being black people in their space. Um, and there's just like stuff like that. Um, there's so many episodes I could name that are very similar to this. I actually just Googled it to see when Atlanta started and it was 2016. Um, the second season is 2018. So this movie came out between the first and second season, but yeah, you can just see, I don't know, uh, the, the influence, you know, one way or the other. Um, but the, there's a lot of overlap. If you really like these movies and especially if you really like get out, you have to pretty much watch Atlanta. Um, cause it's just more of that kind of stuff. Uh, and done in a very creative, that's what makes these films interesting and good. Um, and it's not, and I don't know, I don't know if there's ever been like this, these stories have ever been told in such an interesting and creative way. And I don't, maybe I'm that I actually probably wrong. I'm probably wrong about that. Maybe the better way to put that is such an easy to digest and like, like stimulating in a pop culture sense. Like, you know, it's uh, a horror horror. We watch horror to be scared to whatever, like it's a genre we're very familiar with. So having it be the vehicle to tell this story, um, kind of helps it helps the message really go down and be understood. Um, and it kind of is easy to relate. Even if you're not an African American, you can at least understand this from being in one part of the person, the the perspective or, you know, having a friend that's dealt with it or whatever. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot that is that it, that really works and is very relevant. Mm. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, the first time I watched it, um, you know, the big shock being that it's not they're not ca- like capturing black people to kill them or, or something. They're capturing black people to become them. Um, it brings on a whole other like element and wave true. Of, uh, of of stuff where it's like. Uh, the one, the the blind guy, Milton's character, uh, when he's talking about, you know, like some people just want it for fashion. Some people want it to improve their, uh, their athleticism or the whatever. And they keep making lines about saying like, um, like, uh, black people are like genetically superior. Uh, and there's like a one line where, when towards the end, when, uh, Daniel's, uh, tied to the chair and it's like, they make the, the comment of just like with our determination and your, um, like, a I don't know if he said genetic superiority or something along those Your lines. Your genetic makeup. Yeah, genetic makeup and our determination. Anything is pot. Think of what we could do. All right, I'm, no, I'm thinking of Caleb Landry Jones when he's talking about MMA. And he's like, oh, with yeah, your yeah, genetic yeah. makeup, your genetic you could makeup. be a beast. Um, 
And so it's uh, all the. I think that's such an awesome person. Not awesome. I think that's such a wild perspective of having the uh, that that white people who have that subconscious jealousness of like, well, I wasn't athletic. I was. I why aren't I as this if I was black, I'd be so person. much better. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, uh, I wanted to. It, it don't yeah. even just athletics either. It's not just physical. Black jealousy as a whole. Well, because of Stephen Root's character, like he wants, he's blind and he wants eyes, but he could just have any eyes. But he wants Daniel Kaluuya's eyes because he's a photographer and he likes his his eye for yeah. photographs. Like he's his artistic vision. Um, and, uh, you can't, it's, you can't really teach somebody our art, you know, like, I mean, you can teach them about art and how to critique art and how to analyze art, understand it. but, and even, I mean, but like, there's a level even between understanding and being able to like apply that to your own work. Um, yeah. you know, like there's a lot of people that don't make, they get to the critique level and an analysis level and they can't internalize that, that they can't like, mm figure out oh, this, about something style and kind of incorporate it to what they do and like learn and grow in that way. And it kind of yeah. evolved. That kind of, that's how an artist kind of evolves. Um, but in, 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 but at the end of the day, you're developing your own voice um, and your own style. And some mm-hmm. people just can't make that leap. Um, and I think it's, so it's not just physical. It's uh, like your, your creativity, your creative mm-hmm. vision. Um, I want that. Um, so I'm going to take your eyes. Um, though it's like, cause it's very representative. It, I don't think eyes actually would work that way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's worth noting. Um, the, yeah, that's kind of the, that's the point of the movie. The dinner party is when things start to really unravel. I guess there's the fight at dinner with the, with the brother that's kind of awkward and that's where it kind of gets started. Um, and then the interactions with the, um, the servants in the house, um, which are weird. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Rewatching it the second time, knowing that Walter and Georgina are the grandparents, it makes so much sense how they're talking and acting and everything. And, uh, uh it's ex- like it, uh, because you think it's so weird, but it's like the Jesse Owens uh, thing talking about, oh, my grandfather got second place and he almost got over it. And then he's now in an in a athletic black man's body, still training and running his laps and, and stuff. It's just like uh, it, it, watching this a second time is just so much more enjoyable, catching all the tells and all the little things. Because he really like... If you pay attention, he spells it out right from the jump. And obviously, well, you know something's up. You know you're going, you're getting into a movie, a horror movie that's about a, a black man meeting a white family for the first time. Uh, so you're you know you have your, all these different things in your head about what is it going to be. But I really enjoyed that having that twist, just being like the the essentially body snatching. Uh, it's just uh, it's such a wild concept that has that just goes so deep. Um. And then the interactions with like Georgina specifically, when you have the because they have the like the Keith Stanfield scene where a flash of light can break them, like bring back their part of their consciousness into into control. Uh, but then even just like the like certain conversations of like bringing up, um, you know, like like black culture stuff or whatever gets them like hooked and triggered into like a uh, like a frozen state. And Georgina starts crying, and then you can just see it's like the internal consciousness is fighting for control um before like the one you know one overpowers the other uh it's just um, very well done very well done 
I feel like we should talk about the uh, there's like the B plot, which is with Rod, his friend, who is watching his dog while he's away, yeah. and uh, it's kind of like slowly figuring out that something is wrong. And well, he's been telling him the whole time that something is wrong, but then he actually realizes that something actually is wrong. Um, and then he, you know, he's the one who ends up saving the day in the end. And his his storyline is much more where the comedy comes in. Um, is uh uh you know he's very funny he's constantly cracking jokes he's like the levity of the film um and i really like his his storyline and plot and it's it ends up being a good i'm i'm glad that it ends on a like it's a happy ending um mm. i guess but um i like i like that i think cuz uh i think it, in a story like this you need it to be a good ending um cuz of what the the, the message is um and whatnot. It would have been weird if he died. Yeah, it feels like racism prevails. Uh, this would be which would kind of undo a lot of what the the big themes of the movie are. Um, but I love Rod's character. I think he's hilarious. I he almost feels like an audience member, like when you're watching movies with your, someone's just shouting shit out at the TV. Uh, in a lot of it, which I think is really well done. Um, whether it's intended to be that or not. Um. But uh, yeah, the scene when he goes to the police station is absolutely uh, both hilarious, but also like, again, it falls into that thing of just like these are this is a real conversation that has probably been had uh, where it's just like, oh, I haven't heard from this dude for whatever. And then you're just like, well, he met a white woman. Oh, he's double his age, whatever. And so then you're like, you know, the, all the things you would make a joke about, but it's all real. And then you're trying to pitch that again to another like layer or not layer but just like another uh degree and uh and you're just like hearing all the absurdity because it sounds so much jokingly or or something that's just you know far out there but uh it's just it it, it adds such a nice perfect element into into all this um and you know it's not too much humor it's not too much uh of distraction from the main plot or anything it all just fits super nicely into into my favorite runtime which is an hour and 45 minutes Yeah, the runtime is perfect. Um, it's uh, that's what also the, makes the movie so good. Is it just it's perfectly paced. It goes just as you feel like it goes as you feel it should, and it doesn't like linger too long on anything. Um, and uh, yeah, the runtime is the probably one of the the strength, the biggest strengths about it. Um, um, yeah, but there's so much that works. I will say, and the only things in terms of critique, I feel like this is pretty basic in terms of cinematography. Um, I've seen other people say that too, that it's not like, you know, any, it's pretty meat and potatoes kind of, you know, getting the job done. I was talking yeah, about did. the cinematography. Yeah. It's, oh my God. It's incredible. It's beautiful. The, uh, it's not overdone. It's everything is, uh, well, that's the opposite of what I said because I said the cinematography sucked. I said it's really? the one. I said, yeah. If you listen to what I was just saying, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know how I just missed that then. Um, but I, yeah, I disagree. I don't think cinematography is a down note uh, at all in this. I think it works like it. It doesn't seem like an overscaled, overproduced thing, but it also doesn't feel like an indie uh, short. And then all the things that they did with like the sunken place uh, in that whole like sequence of the uh, place uh, having it cool. be like. Uh, like the little TV screen within like the black abyss, I thought was nice. Uh, uh, and with the eyes closed, is like the TV turning off. Um, I, I think it gets the like, job done, but it definitely feels like a low budget movie. Really? 
Yeah. I don't think it, it feels low, fe- low budget. I think it definitely feels like an A24 lower budget. I mean, I think there's even some of those that this feels like a lower budget than. Um, like, it, like I don't know. It doesn't hide its budget, I think. Um, and and it's, so it's still a great movie, but I think that's just one thing about it. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like this feels pretty in line with some with like uh with what I would think. I know the budget's only four and a half million, but this feels like it's just one. Lo- it's like one like location, the... or it's like two. Lo- I mean, it's not one location, but most of the movie is. Yeah, but it doesn't. For me, it doesn't feel small in that aspect. It's cause, and I think it's because of the the plot and the ideas being so big. But it it uh, unlike Nope, which is you know small character amount, two locations or whatever. Uh, this doesn't feel necessarily as big because of the big things that that movie does on scale, like production scale, but it feels like right in lane with that level. Like even uh, comparing, my- you just made me think about the cinematography. The, the cinematography is much more cramped in Get Out. Everything is much more close. Mm-hmm. It's all uh, just shots of people's faces talking. Yeah. Well, um, that's probably to help the claustrophobic feel of him in the house in an uncomfortable situation. Uh, you just, I think that they they had somebody they like they had whoever like it was just somebody that was much more basic. It's very, I don't know. I think it takes away. From, I think it does take away from it. Interesting. All right, well, let's definitely... just wrap it up. What uh, what are you giving? Get out. About a four four and a half. Uh, I'm debating between a four and a half and a five because it's super good. It's I'm gonna give it a four and a half for the critiques I just gave. Um, you know what? I think I'm just gonna give it a five because I don't. I don't really have any. There's nothing about this I didn't. I didn't like. There's nothing about the. I think and the rewatch value I think is is high too. Uh, I think this is this is worthy of a of a, of the perfect nomination for me. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, thanks for listening to Best Boys. Make sure you follow and like it and subscribe and all the things. And uh, you can uh, hear us next time. Uh, we will be back in two weeks. And uh, I don't know what we're going to do yet, but we will figure it out. And we will we'll see you then. Um, you can follow me on Slob, at Slob Thomas. You can follow him at, at Corey with a story with a K. And you can follow us at, at Best Boys Film Pod. And we will see you next week. Corey, do you have anything for him? No. See you next time. Bye.